right. Today, I'm going to break down my best stock uh, investing hacks for you. And so, like, your chances, your chances of being successful and being able to create a retirement or getting ahead in life and doing well is if you can take in and think of yourself as an investor. What I mean when I say think of yourself as an investor, you are somebody that, who's conscious about their money. They're conscious where their money goes. They're conscious of what kind of return on their investment they get. Meaning, if you put money into something, you've got to be, you've got to have some sort of formulation of what kind of money you're going to be able to get out of it. And so you've got to be able to figure out, understand where your numbers are. And if you can just understand, like um, when I went to college, um, the thing that got me hooked, I got a degree in accounting. And what got me hooked on accounting is that the teacher went up there and he wrote on the board, he says, he says uh, like accounting is the language of money. And he says, if you don't like money, then this is probably the wrong place for you, right? And as soon as he said, that, I was like, boom, you got me hooked. So I'm like, all right, this is probably the right place for me. And so I ended up uh, going to school and getting a four-year degree in accounting. And what I found on that is when I started looking at things, like I started analyzing things and trying to figure out what would create value and allow me to be able to get ahead for, uh, for myself, for my family and whatnot. And, uh, and the thing that I, I've discovered, if you go to look in the, the, the largest group of billionaires, like the uh, Forbes, I don't know, 100 list of billionaires, you will discover by far the largest portion of people on there are investors, okay? Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're all stock investors, but they're all investors. And so it's a, it's a mindset, it's a mentality, it's how you look at opportunities to make sure that there's value in there that will take and support you. And so um, what I'm going to take and I'll share with you today is uh, my, my best stock investing hacks that will be able to help you take it and, and kind of knock this down. Um, if you, if you ever follow Warren Buffett, he's uh, widely recognized as the best investor in the, uh, ever. And uh, the book that he likes, there's this book called The Intelligent Investor, written by Benjamin Graham. And he said in this book, this is actually the best investing book that he's ever read. And he reads, he reads about eight hours a day reading what all kinds of stuff. And he's read all kinds of stuff on investing. And he says that this book right here, the Intelligent Investor is by far the best book on investing. And uh, his, uh, his mentor was a guy by the name of Benjamin Graham. And Benjamin Graham was absolutely phenomenal. He created this thing that was called like value vet or value investing, meaning he looks at assets and properties or whatever it is that he's buying in the stock market to make sure that, they're, that they're, there's enough value in it to be able to purchase it. Um, and so here's like, here's like three secrets. I'm going to take and I'll break it down. I'll give you the three big nuggets out of here that you need to take and uh, pull out of this. Okay. If you're to read this book, you should read chapter eight and chapter 20. So if you hit chapter eight and chapter 20, those two will probably help you out the most. Chapter eight dives into uh, the investor and market fluctuation. Helps you get your head set for the, the investing game. And then chapter two is called margin of safety. Okay. So... <clears throat> Here's the, here, I'll break down three secrets that I like, that I use, uh, why I take and I use stocks as a vehicle to be able to help me get ahead, okay? So secret number one, you do not need a lot of capital to be able to get into investing in stocks. Like when I was buying uh, real estate, um, like every time you'd buy a piece of real estate, you'd have to put $20,000 down on it. 
well, about 20, well, 20%. And it seemed like at the time it was about $25,000 I was putting down on. Now that the price value or the value of homes have gone up, you're probably looking at $35,000 down. Plus you're going to end up having all these closing costs and stuff. And so every time in 2006 or 2007, eight, nine, 10, when I was buying all these rentals, um, when the market took it, took a dump, um, I had to, I had to factor in $25,000 every single time I purchased a, a piece of real estate. Okay. So if you don't have $25,000, it's, it's a little more difficult to get into investing in real estate. Okay. But if you had say $5,000 or $2,000, you can actually get into the stock market and start making trades. There's a few things that took place. You could put your money in. Um, they used to have transaction fees where you had to pay like every time you made a stock trade, you had to pay like 10 bucks or seven bucks or something like that. Um, they've actually got rid of all that. So there's zero fees on it. So you can now buy and sell your stocks without actually having to pay a fee. And you don't need $10,000. You could probably open up an account with 1,000 or 2,000 or something like that. Just a little bit of capital you could take and put into it. If you don't know how to get that capital, you should probably hit me up. I have, I have solutions that'll get you cash in your pocket with no money down and it will not change your lifestyle. In fact, the only thing it will do for your lifestyle is give you more money. And so anyway, you can, you can hit me up at AskSolarMike.org and I, I can help you out on that. Okay. So secret number one is you don't have to have all this up for a lot of upfront capital to be able to get into this game. Okay. Super helpful. Secret number two is you might be wondering about your ability to take and to be able to buy stocks uh, safely. And what you've got to do is find stocks with like what, what is referred to as a margin of safety. What do I mean by a margin of safety? A lot of times people get killed because the stock market advances so much and people are paying so much money for a stock that it becomes, it becomes very difficult to, to, to minimize your downside risk. And so let me give you, like, they use a term like, it's called a PE ratio, uh, price per earnings ratio. What it means is, is if I put money into it, how many years is it going to take for me to be able to get my money back out on it? And if you look at the S&P 500, historically, it's traded at 15 times earnings. And it typically happens when somebody, when the stock market gets overzealous and they're, they get so overzealous that they're willing to pay 20 times earnings, 25 times earnings. When they get up into these really high numbers, all of a sudden it puts all kinds of risk into the stock market. And because what it is, is it, it did not protect the downside. What it did is it meant that people were willing to wait 25 years, so to speak, to be able to get their money back when historically people have only been willing to wait 15 years to get their money back. And that's when I say get your money back, it's called the PE ratio on it. And it's just historically you see it, it seems like it's about 15 times earnings what the S&P 500 change or, or uh, trades at. Okay. Um, and so like right now the stock market's taking a beating and part of it is, is because we were getting up to about 25 times earnings. The coronavirus hit. When the coronavirus hit, it triggered a sell-off. People got, uh, they became less jubilant than they were previously. And you saw a huge market pullback. And it's, it, it left, it was in, it was at a very dangerous price point at 25 times earnings. So margin of safety says, if you can step into and buy a, buy a stock in a company 
um, cheap enough. And the company, there's there's some characteristics that this company's got to have. You know, if you look at what Benjamin Graham he's like, I want to find a company that's been around for 20 years. Okay, I want I don't want I don't want a, a like a flash in the pan company. I want somebody that's got some endurance and has proven that they can exist. So he'll pick something that, all right, so the business has been around for 25 years. Um, he'll even say in the 25 years, they had to have always paid a dividend because like that means they at least earn money and they can at least take and pay the investor out money for the privilege of owning that company. And so then he'll say, don't buy any stock that's, that's more than 15 times earnings because that in essence creates a, an environment that's kind of dangerous. And uh, those are those are just a few of the elements that he will take and he will look at to be able to take and de-risk um, your participation in the marketplace. Does that make sense? So big thing right there is don't, I like there was one time I took and I bought a, a stock. It was a, it was a reverse merger. It was a Chinese company that wanted to be on the, on the US stock exchange. They took and they did a reverse merger uh, with a company that was American. So now that way, they basically, basically it's a Chinese company that, that allowed an American company to buy them and then the Chinese took control of the American company, okay? And what happened is, is they were cooking the books and they were faking it and falsifying stuff and they didn't have a very long tail. And when I bought that stock, um, I did not realize that those guys were hooligans and we're doing some crazy stuff. And had I had gone back to just the fundamentals and I looked at exactly what Benjamin Graham said, 20 years, they need like a billion dollar market cap. They've got to be less than 15 times earnings. They had to have paid dividends. All of those things would have actually prevented me from buying the stock that actually was, uh, was actually these guys, it was kind of a scandal. They were committing fraud and they got in trouble over it. And so margin of safety. Now it's, uh, and then that's so secret number two is find something that's got a margin of safety. You want to make sure that it's got cash. It's, it's got those characteristics. Secret number three is um, it, it deals with what you, what uh, Benjamin Graham refers to as Mr. Market and Dr. Jekyll. Okay. Mr. Market every day, Mr. Market comes to you and he gives you a price. This is the price of my product. This is my price of my product here. And it gives you the option. You can say either I want to buy or I don't want to buy but every day he's gonna to come to you and he's gonna present a brand new offer to you. And what happens is, is sometimes Mr. Market, he gets bipolar. And so all of a sudden he has these ridiculous mood swings, just whoosh. And instead of, instead of having, using rational thinking, all of a sudden like a stock that may have traded at $100, all of a sudden it drops down to 30 bucks or maybe something lower, maybe, or maybe maybe like everybody got super jubilant about it, instead of being at a hundred bucks, it all of a sudden it's cherry trading at 200 bucks. And when you look at it um, and you look at the fundamentals, you're like, well, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Like if it's, if it's a, it was like historically 15 times earnings and all of a sudden it shoots up to 25 times earnings overnight, like that would probably not be a good time to buy because there's, there's, 25 times earnings actually creates kind of a dangerous environment. And if you bought a stock in a company, for example, and let's say you bought it at eight times earnings uh, with a PE ratio is what it is. If you bought it uh, with a PE ratio of say eight and all of a sudden the stock market takes and it drops in the price and it goes down to six, you might become like panicked 
thinking that, oh my gosh, I just made a horrible investment. Look at all this money I just took and I lost. And what it is, is Mr. Market has all of these weird fluctuations on how he feels, but it doesn't change the value of the underlying company. Let me give you an example. This is like if, uh, if you go to Costco, okay? You go down to Costco and you buy a, you got an opportunity to buy a, a, you know, a normal package of big package of toilet paper, you know, like 24 rolls or something. And the normal price is 25 bucks. Okay. And you head down there and Costco and you pick up a package and now you've got your $25 package of toilet paper and you take it home and you put it in your closet and now you're good. Okay. Let's just say you go to Costco again next week. And what you happen to notice is they actually are doing a sell on toilet paper, okay? And the sell is they're giving $5 off. Do you go, oh my word, they just discounted toilet paper. Like, I don't know what to do about it. I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go sell my toilet paper or something like that, right? But see, you don't panic about it. You're like, oh, sweet. Like, it's on a discount now. And so what you do is you go in there and you're like, bam, I just bought, Another 24 rolls. I'm good now for, I'm now, I'm now covered for like, I don't know, three months. Okay. And so you, you, you didn't become unhappy that you bought toilet paper. You became happy that you got a discount on it and you just took home a new package. And then let's say you go in the very next week and the very next week they have the exact same package of toilet paper and it's on sale. And instead of being a $5 off coupon, it's now $10. So you can now pick up this package of toilet paper for 15 bucks. Like, are you gonna go into a depression and say, oh no, now what am I gonna do, right? You're gonna say, oh, bam. Like, that's kind of crazy. I mean, I already bought the other stuff, but maybe I'll buy another package of toilet paper. I mean, toilet paper still worth 25 bucks. That's the value of it. But for some reason, they're running a promotion right now, so then you pick up another package. And so now you got it at 15 bucks. Now, you don't, now you're covered for like six months and you don't need toilet paper anymore, okay? Like, just because like like stores and stuff put things on sale that doesn't isn't a reason for you to become depressed what it is in our mind like that buying pattern in fact is it accurate because we're like therein lies a discount i think i'll go pick up more because now i can i can own more for longer and i'm good and mr uh, the stock market is about the same if you were to think of the stock market about like buying toilet paper and to, to simplify it and not become overly concerned every time the price goes up ridiculous amounts or drops a super a significant amount. If it goes up a ridiculous amount, that's time to sell it because all of a sudden Mr. Market got overly crazy about it, right? All of a sudden toilet paper, like you come out of the store and you, you'd, you know, you pick, well, I mean, I guess in this case, you picked up all that toilet paper and all of a sudden you discovered like the coronavirus hit and everybody's like freaking out because they don't have like 60 rolls of toilet paper in the closet and you pull your, your 24 pack out and you're like, well, would you like to buy my toilet paper for 60 bucks? And they're like, yeah. And you're like, that's cool. I mean, toilet paper is only worth 25 bucks, right? So why would I, why would I want to hold on to it? And then you take and you sell to them for 60 bucks and you're like, cool. Now, next time when the price normalizes, I'll go back and I'll buy all kinds of toilet paper and I'll be good again. Um, that's if that's kind of if you think about the stock market a little bit like that, it can help you not participate in the craziness of Dr. Jekyll, and it will allow you to do as like Benjamin Graham said that the best investing by far is just based on arithmetic. It's not it's not 
It's not some crazy momentum type stuff. Although people make money at it, like the common guy is probably going to struggle to do it. We've got to figure out, we've got to be able to run arithmetic numbers, calculate it, and then say, this is in fact got value for me. And so simple things. If you're, if you're like, I want to get into the game, um, trying to figure out how to invest. I don't have money to go buy real estate or some other assets that might cost more then. Okay. Keep it simple. We can get into the stock market. Warren Buffett, um, Warren Buffett is huge in the stock market. And the reason is, is because it's probably created, it, it generates massive amount of wealth for the, uh, for the majority of people. What he will say is you got to get into the game safely. And one of the easiest way is, is just use this book right here. The intelligent investor pay attention, particularly to chapter eight and to chapter to chapter 20, when he breaks down some very, the, Kind of the margin of safety and then it kind of helps you understand how to deal with market fluctuation so that you can start evaluating stocks correctly and not panic every time it goes up and every time it goes down going down on a solid company that you bought means buy more because you just got a discount and if it drops again that means you just got another discount okay and so that's one of the secrets that you can take and use and so those are um those are just three three secrets um that'll help you be able to get into this investing game and start, uh, start making money for you and your family. Now, if you're struggling, you can't figure out how to get some cash in your pocket. Um, hit me up. You can go to assholermike.org and I will show you a simple hack, a simple strategy to be able to put cash in your pocket so you can invest. And we can also make it so that we can actually reduce your expenses and save you money. Okay. So it's not too difficult. Anyway, this is the Rags Riches Transformation. Let's do some good and help some people out. And I will talk to you later. Bye.